Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 351. And I think I'm going to call it the process of valuing space over stuff. I have a feeling that I have at least one other podcast from the past called valuing space over stuff. But we're gonna talk about the process of doing that. Like, how do you get to the point where you place the value not just emotionally and feelings related, which is kind of the same thing, but whatever, but actual monetary value on space and not just, here's the thing. It can feel like you are giving up the monetary value of your stuff or the potential money that you might get from it someday or the money that you've already spent on it to get it out of the house. But how do you come to the point where you feel like, no, the money that I might have gotten from that stuff, instead, I'm going to say I'm getting that amount of value. Instead of getting $500 for this item, I am going to say it is worth $500 that I'm not getting for that item for me to have this space be open and usable and enjoyable. Okay. So we're talking about that process. I did want to remind you because I've been reminding you in the last couple things. If you would like to know, I mean, I'm going to tell everybody, but if you want to make sure that you get the email when I launch my certification program, which the planned date at this point is December 1st, ah! uh, but that launch date is coming. If you want to make sure that you're on the list for finding out about that, you can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash certification. I actually do have it set up this time. I don't think I had it set up for the first day or several days after I set it last week. But anyway, <laughs> if you go there, it has the place for you to sign up to be on that email list so that you make sure that you know about that. So that's coming soon. Um, all right. But let's talk about the process of valuing space over stuff. So I just want to affirm, confirm that this is actually one of the hardest things to learn, but it's also transformative. And when I say it's hard to learn, I'm talking as the person who did once see dollar signs on all of my stuff. All right. Like that was my personal experience because I had sold things and had depended upon that money that I was making from selling things. But also that got me into a mess where my house was completely out of control because I was bringing things in on this idea that 
well, not even just an idea, knowing that I would be able to make money from a lot of it or most of it, but it was not going out at the same rate that it was coming in. And therefore it was causing my house to be completely out of control, which then made me not like my house. And where was I actually spending money? Well, on a mortgage every month, that was money that was going out. And yet we were paying for space specifically for us to live in and raise our family in that we did not like, we could not function in well because of the amount of stuff that was coming in. But the reason that a lot of stuff was coming in was because of the idea that it was going to earn me money. Okay. Or that it was valuable. I made found some amazing, great deal on something and brought it into my house and it was making harder, making it harder for us to live in there. So how do you actually go through this process? Well, you know, you're in a good place because you're listening to this podcast. Like that's the first step is for you to know, oh, this could be a thing. Like my desire in all of my podcasts, all of the things that I write and stuff is that hopefully you can get there a little sooner than I got there because I'm sharing with you what I went through, what I fought through, what I learned as I did that. Like that's, that's the goal of what I share here is for you to hopefully be able to get there a little bit sooner. However, on different issues for different people, some people are going to just have to experience it. Okay. So therefore my goal is for you to, you know, you're listening right now. That is a step for you. If you're not convinced, give it a try, like give it a try. So how do we go about that? Well, um, prioritize function. So we talk about defining the room and how important it is to know the purpose of a space. So, uh, you know, I'm out in my office now, which I really, really love having some stuff from home for 12 years or whatever. It really is helpful for me to have some function. Uh, but I know on a YouTube video, I had talked about something that I just, I didn't have a place for it in my house. And so I was getting rid of it. I think it was the, um, dragon head that I had gotten in Hong Kong uh, when I was there in my early 20s with my parents. Anyway, so I, I it's in the video there. But I was just, I had to make a hard decision about this item that had some sentimental value to me, was completely unique. There are no degrees of uniqueness, but you know what I mean. That item left my home and I was okay with it because I was accepting the reality of the space that I had and I didn't have a place for this item. And one of the comments in there was, but you have your office now. So you have more space. Can't you keep it? And, and I answered this on YouTube at some point, but the way I have to see it is I go, this is the definition of this space is my, it's my office. So the function of it is for me to be able to walk into this space and immediately have access and room to record podcasts, to record videos. And if there is stuff that doesn't serve that purpose of helping me to be able to get down to work quickly, find what I need, be able to record a video without having to, you know, shove a bunch of stuff out of the way in order to make it aesthetically pleasing then it can't be in here. Like, and knowing, knowing that the definition of this space is to do work in allowed me 
to get past exactly where I would have been at one point. Well, but I've got more space now. There's place to put things, so I might as well keep it. And instead saying, no, I want all of the spaces that I have to serve a purpose, to really fulfill or, you know, make possible the function that I have for this space and giving a room a definition, focusing on the function of that space, then allows me to let go of things that aren't going to help that function, even though I like them, even though I want them, even though they bring back memories, even though they are super cool. I mean, this dragon head was super cool. I do not know anyone. Although I'm guessing some of you probably do have a dragon head somewhere in your house because, you know, we're kindred spirits. We, we get each other, right? So I'm guessing some of you probably do have something like that, but I have never personally met someone else who had a dragon head, like, you know, direct from Hong Kong, like I had. So it was a super cool item. And yet I didn't have a purpose for it, but I used to be the person who thought that that was irrelevant, right? Like I was the person who was like, why are you asking if there's a purpose for this? Why are you asking if there's a space for this? It's cool. How in the world could I get rid of that? Like that was me. And so how have I gotten to this point? Well, it's by giving a room a a definition, prioritizing function, and then living in that space and experiencing what a relief it is to be able to actually fulfill the function of a space. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. So as y'all know, for my certification, um, for my certification program that I'm, I'm creating, which is a training so you can go through just the training or you can go through the training and then decide, you know what, I really want to go all in. I'm going to be certified in this. Okay. So it's kind of, it's not two separate things, but they build on each other. So as I've been doing that, I have been recording videos with people who wouldn't want to do this on YouTube, but are like, yeah, I do want to have you come in and help me. And I'm willing to be on video to be within the, you know, the training itself. So I can train people on how to actually work through these work through the decluttering process with someone in their home as you're helping them. And I am so excited to just say, I mean, I knew it worked because I hear from y'all all the time. I have helped people in the past, but y'all it works like it absolutely works. The five-step process works. But anyway, as we go in there, I see I'm specifically working with people who don't know my method. Like I, I'm like, I have worked a lot with people who already knew the basics because they listen to the podcast or they watch the videos or whatever, or they've read the books. But I was like, I want to work with people who just think someone's coming to help me declutter. And they have all the preconceived notions of what that means and what that's going to look like, and then have me go in there and use my method. Okay, so that's, that's what we've been doing. And the thing that I'm seeing again and again, is the power of prioritizing function. Okay, because the function is what do you personally want this space to do? Let's throw out the window all the the magazines and pictures of other people's spaces that you have seen and imagined and probably collected stuff for in the past. And let's say, what is it you personally actually want to do in this space? Okay. And then as we work, we keep coming back to what is the purpose of this space and how can we make that purpose easier to achieve? How can we prioritize the function of that? Okay. So it's, yes, we define the room. I've been working specifically in a craft room recently. So, but, but it, no crafts had been done in there in a long time because it had turned into a, you know, a storage space to the point where it was not possible to do anything in there. So we know it's a craft room, but we're going down to, okay, then what are you doing in this space? Well, there was a desk with a very cool chair and yet the desk was covered in stuff. So we are going to work on this so that we can get down to the function of this space. Okay. We're going to clear this desk. 
not by stuff shifting, but by actually making real decisions and acting on those decisions as each one is made. We work on those items until the desk is functional as a desk. Well, in order to sit at the desk, in order to use the desk, you got to be able to sit at the desk. Well, in order to sit at the desk, there has to be room for the chair. So let's work on the other stuff around this because that gives us a place to go. Okay. That like gives us a purpose for eliminating stuff from this space, which also then helps us to see the value of progress and only progress as opposed to just, okay, I'm going to work through these things, make a pile over here, make a pile over there, which then are piles that I have to go through. We don't do that, right? We use a nomastic cluttering process, which means we're making progress and only progress and getting it down to open space. Like it's the goal here is open space so that we can walk into the room, walk around the chair, pull the chair out, sit in the chair and function in this space. So doing that gives us a goal. It gives us the goal and that goal does not allow for us to, I mean, I mean, we can do whatever we want to do, right? This whole like, I'm not allowed. Well, you're allowed to do whatever you want at your house. But I'm just saying like that, if, if that's my focus, this function of the space, then just pulling stuff out is not achieving that, right? Okay. So instead making final decision by final decision, single item by single item. But as we do that, then the hope, okay. And I'm, I'm going to be continuing to work on this space, but the hope is that experiencing that little bit of function then inspires us to keep going and makes it easier and easier. And that's how we build that decluttering momentum, right? Because we experience the value of this space being able to function in the way that we want it to function. Okay. And then we go, wait a minute, what is more valuable to me to have stuff, which I personally just experienced ended up being more trash than I expected it to be. I didn't think there was trash in here. There was trash in here. Okay. I've just experienced that some of this stuff was stuff that I didn't remember I had that I never would have gone looking for. Okay. So as I'm working through that stuff, I've seen there were things in this space that were not valuable. Some things were, but now I know where all those things are because they're in the first place where I would look for it, but I'm able to do what I want to do at my desk here. Like this is the place where I can do the creative pursuit that defines who I am. There's huge value in that, right? Like I often will say to people, how much money would you pay someone for this space to be usable? Okay. If you didn't know the actual process and what was going to be required, if someone just said, okay, you desperately want to fulfill this creative, you know, to be able to do this creative pursuit. And yet it's not possible in the space that you have. How much would you pay someone for this space to be usable? Like how important is it to you? If you could just say, I, I would pay a hundred dollars. I would pay $10, whatever. Well, then you start saying, okay, well, is this stuff worth that much money? You know, like I, yes, it's possible I'm going to get rid of something that I could have sold for money. Yes, it's possible that I'm going to get rid of something that I could have, that I may end up having to replace. 
and spend $20 on, even though I know I had one at some point and then I decluttered it, Ugh, you know, it's like, but if I would pay someone $100 for this space to be magically fixed and usable and me be able to do what I want to do in this space, then I say, okay, well, then that's the monetary value here, right? Like I'm saying if I would pay $100 for this space to be under control, then getting rid of some stuff that I might have to pay $100 to replace at some point in the future, okay, well, then I'm breaking even. And in reality, I'm probably not going to have to pay that amount of money to replace things because I won't end up needing them or whatever, okay? But it's a process. It's something that I continue to do a little bit, getting rid of stuff that doesn't stress me out. And then I experience that I'm able to function in that space. And the more I experience that I'm able to function in that space, the more value I place on being able to function in that space, which then changes how things look to me in the future as far as monetarily. So let's, let's go into a question that I was asked at askdanakwhite.com. I talk about that all the time because I'm so proud of it, right? I'm just, it just feels like I'm a little techie when I have that, right? Anyway, uh, this question was asked. Uh, I've always been a, I think at the end it says, I don't really have a question or I don't know what the question is, but I, y'all will get it. So th- it goes like this. I've always been a sentimental keeper of things. I've always been a dreamer and thought a lot about my future life, house, furniture, well, just stuff I will have someday. I have so many things I've collected to use for my someday home. We bought our house thinking we would build a new one within the next five to eight years. Well, that was 21 years ago. We have two grown children, both engaged to be married this fall. So it's just the two of us. Our daughter does stay with us occasionally throughout the week because our house is halfway between her house and her job. That is sometimes a problem because she keeps things at our house for storage. Fast forward to now, I am slash was a crafter. I started selling some of my furniture redos at a store in our town. When she moved her store, I didn't go with her. I decided to get a booth in an antique mall to help clear out some things. It's been very successful. And so my hubby got excited about it too. We both keep looking for and buying more and more. Our garage and basement are now full. Now it's in our extra bedroom and a little in just about every room in our small house. We're both having a hard time not buying more things. People give us things for free because they know we're resellers. So many things we find are one of a kind or really are worth getting to double or quadruple the price of to make some extra cash. Then both my parents began having health problems. So I'm the one who's been taking care of them the most. It's been so hard to keep up with my own life and regular job. The past two years have been crazy. I don't really even know what my question is, but I know I need help. I'm so thankful for you and your books, uh, et cetera. If I hadn't found you, I don't know what situation I would be in now, but it wouldn't be good. Um, and then she says, it's not good now, but I know it could be so much worse. Thank you for so much for any help or ideas that you may have. Okay. So couple of things here. Okay. Let's embrace a little bit of reality and have a moment that I think 78% of the people listening are going to completely relate to. And that is We bought our house thinking we would build a new one within the next five to eight years. Well, that was 21 years ago. Okay. So Max, you thought you'd be there eight years. It's been 21 years ago. Okay. So you started out talking about the sentimental keeper of things and dreaming about your future house, house furniture and stuff that you'll have someday. Okay. That you wanted for your someday home. This right here 
is key. And and I, I don't know this because you didn't say it, but I know from my own personal experience, a lot of that was, but it's a great deal right now. And I would love to be the person who has the future home and would be so excited that I already had this item. Okay. So I did a lot of collecting for the future. That was my initial real clutter issue was things for the future that I was getting at an amazing low price. Okay. So it seemed very wise for me to go ahead and collect these things for the future because I didn't feel like I was in my forever home. And yet I, I think a lot of people have the exact same experience that you've had here, right? what you thought was going to be max eight years ended up being 21 years because we just can't, we just can't predict. And I know for me, I had a messy, like crammed full, nowhere near, I mean like an entire to the ceiling room full of stuff for the future. When I lived in an apartment that I knew I was only going to be in for a couple of years. Okay. So even though it did work out the way I thought in that I was not in this apartment for, you know, this is when I first got married. I've told that story before where we had three dining tables there in a, you know, one bedroom apartment with a den. Uh, it, It did work out. And yet looking back, it's a huge regret because my only mental images that I have of that apartment are being packed with stuff. So my first mental images of my husband's and my married life have clutter in them, have a space that was not possible to have under control because it had so much stuff, just boxes and boxes and excess of stuff because I was thinking of the future, but looking back, I wish it had been different. Okay. So I am not in any way saying, oh, you should have that. We don't worry about that. Right. Like that's, we can only go forward from where we are. But I, I look back at that frustration that I experienced of not living in the space that I had. And instead I say, okay, that that's a regret I have. So I'm not, I am determined to not do that going forward. Okay. I'm not going to bring things in. So, so that's the first step is to say, I experienced this regret of we've lived 21 years with all this extra stuff that I thought there was no way I would need. And yet I'm going to let that inform how I go forward. Okay. So, but you're in a different situation now in that you are in this, this business, right? Okay. So it's monetarily, it's a real thing, you know, and it sounds like this is something that you and your husband do together, which also is super duper fun, right? But it, you know, becomes a a thing that is helping you to make money. All right. And yet it's overtaking your house. And now you are frustrated with your home. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one 
hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low-carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus, so I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So it's that I, looking back, will tell myself I ended up spending the money anyway, right? Like I ended up spending the money on my house anyway and having to go through so much decluttering and pain and all that of stuff because I had bought way more than I could ever need in any house, right? So I had to go through all that. And I ended up spending money anyway to get the actual right thing for the actual space that I ended up in. And so I take that knowledge and I take that experience and I take that regret and that frustration. And I say, I'm going to let it inform me going forward and say, I am going to live in the now, whatever that means. Okay. Here we are in this situation. I'm in this home. I am in a, um, I'm going to live for now going forward because of the regret that I've experienced in the past. So what does that mean for where you are? Okay. Think about the value of the space. Okay. Go ahead and say, this is the space that I've got. This is the purpose of this space. This is the function of this space. And I'm going to declutter it so that it can best serve this function and this purpose. All right. You said that almost every room in your house has some of this stuff. And I think this is part of the key is don't start with the basement. Okay. Your garage and your basement are full. Don't start in the garage and the basement, even though those feel like the biggest space to solve, right? Because they are full and it's, you know, making life more difficult and getting to all that stuff. I get that, that that feels very important. And yet, you said uh, there's a little in just about every room in our small house. Okay. Start in the most visible areas and say this room, I'm going to protect it for its function, which is a place for us to live our lives, for us to have dinner, for us to have people over, for us to enjoy each other. And I am going to declutter this space first, not starting with the shin. And I'm going to declutter it. First, I'm going to look for trash. 
Like I'm going to go through the regular five-step decluttering process, which if y'all want a printable of the five steps, you can sign up for the newsletter at aslobcomesclean.com slash five. But I am going to focus on this space and the function of this space and say, I'm not going to have anything in my living room that doesn't contribute to the function of us living in this space. All right. And then you, you do the trash, you do easy stuff, you do donations, you go through that whole process, you embrace the realities of the the bookshelf that's already in there and the all these different spaces. You embrace all of that. You work through the process. And as you run across something in that process that it's like, well, this is something to sell. Well, then that's easy, right? Because the basement is the place to sell. Although the basement is out of control too. So remember that when you come across something and you know where it's supposed to go because it's either easy, has an established home, or it is a, you know, something where you've answered the question, this is where I would look for it first. You take it to the basement and you say, okay, I have to create space for this in the basement. This is something to sell. I'm going to name my basement's function as the place for stuff to sell. And I'm going to take that item there and When you get to the basement, if that is the function of the basement, then you look at this item and say, this item, there's no room for it. So I have to remove something from this space in order to to create the room that I need to put this item in there. And that is when you make the tough decision. Okay. You don't make the tough decision starting out in your living room, just going straight to the item and saying, do I need this? Do I not need this? We're not going to do that. You know, is this going to sell? Is it not going to sell? Instead, we're going to focus on the function of the living room first. And then as we get come across things that need to be sold, we take them to the place where we'd look. Ideally, if the house was under control, it would all be in the basement, right? I'm making an assumption. You might choose a different space, but that basement is where I would look for these items first. And so you go and you have to remove something to make space for that. And that's when you say, okay, then what deserves to be in here most? Is it this item that I'm holding in my hand or is it not? And you have some experience. You know what will sell. You are a reseller. That was my experience. I knew what would sell, but that didn't mean I didn't have stuff in my house that was never going to sell. Because a lot of times I would... I knew what was going to sell because I had experienced trying to sell something and there was no hope of it ever selling, right? And so instead, I needed to, I don't know why I just said instead, but anyway, (laughs) so I needed to get that stuff out that I had realized was never going to sell, but it was still sitting in my house. Like I knew it was never going to sell. So I kept passing over it, passing over it, passing over it. It's less worth my time, but I wasn't actually getting it out of my house. Right. Okay. So you take this item to that space and you say, what deserves to be in this space for things that need to be sold more than this item or less than this item that I want to put down here. And sometimes it will make you realize, oh, actually the reason why this item was in the living room was that I did try to sell it and I was sure it was going to sell and then it never sold. And so I just set it aside and it ended up there. And in reality, this item actually just needs to be donated and needs to go away. Um, but, but you start doing that, embrace the reality of the space that you do have for this, because it is something important to you. This is something you and your husband are doing together and that's fine, but you have to determine the function of the different spaces and let them each individually live up to their function. Okay. So that's how you would go through that process. But 
it's a slow process. I think, and, and I think you know that, okay, you just said, you know, my house would be much worse off if I hadn't been doing the things that I've been doing. So you get it, you get how this is a slow process. But it's each item by each item really truly taking it there now and acting upon it. I just had a call with my Patreon people. And the consistent theme that everybody was like, well, this is a take it there now therapy session, because it was like, people were, I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I hear this all the time. It's like, I didn't think take it there now made sense for me. It didn't make sense for this situation, you know, because either this situation has to be different, right? Like this, my situation is unique. It has to be different and it can't apply here or my health circumstances or whatever are unique and it can't apply to me. And yet people experience it all the time. The taking it there now is the transformer. That is the thing that actually transforms. So as you work on your living area and you're working in those visible spaces first, prioritizing their function, which cannot include the storage of stuff to be sold, then you take it to the place where the function of that space is for it to be used for, you know, the function of the space is to store stuff to be sold, sold, right? Okay. So you do that and then you make that hard decision Either something else has to go because there's just no room for this item that needs to be sold or this item that I thought needed to go there. Actually, there's no room for it so it can go. So you let the this reality of that space, acknowledging its function and that other spaces are not supposed to function as that, acknowledging its function and saying, yes, this stuff is allowed to stay if it fits, okay? And then you live for a while with your living room. And the longer you live with your living room, being easier to live in it, being easier to keep under control, to maintain, to put things away, to just be excited when your daughter comes over that the living room looks amazing. Okay. And like you can sit in there and enjoy each other, appreciate that function, live that function, allow it some time to fulfill its function and have that experience. And the more that you do that, then the next room that you go to, you're like, okay, I'm not just saying that function is important because Dana said it. I'm saying function is important because I love the function of my living room. And so I, if I love the fun- function of my living room, then I am going to love the function of my kitchen too, or I'm going to love the function of my dining area too. Like that worked. I experienced it. My life is better and easier, which means you start to go, oh yeah, that's why I was willing to pay the mortgage or the rent on this space. That's why I was willing to, you know, spend a little bit more because wow, this space is so open or airy. And I know not all of us have those things, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I liked about this space. This is what made me willing to be here. Or maybe it was, I was willing to live in this space because I needed a roof over my head and for my family to be able to live together. And once you embrace the function of that living space and you experience it and you go, I, I'm a little less resentful of paying my rent or my mortgage every month because this space is fulfilling the purpose that it has. This space is easy to live in because it's decluttered. And the more that you do that, the more that you are ready to tackle the next space and say function. The function is where the value is. The space is where the value is. And remember that so often function means empty space. 
Function generally equals empty space. If if we're talking about function, we're talking about you sitting your body down and writing on a piece of paper or drawing on something or sitting your whole family's bodies down around the dinner table and having room for the dishes to actually be put out on the table and having room to be able to pass them around the table without having to move a bunch of things around or whatever. Function means generally empty space. It's room to move in. It's room to work in. It's room to do things as opposed to store things. All right. As you focus on that function, that's where you start to value space over stuff. It is easier to eat dinner together as a family, which is the reason that I pay rent here. It is easier to eat dinner as a family together if I don't have to move piles of things off of the table and onto the floor where they then get kicked and messed up. And then that makes my life more difficult. Okay. Because when I finally decided I'm, it's time to tackle whatever it was that was in the pile there, well, now it's got a big footprint on it or something. So experiencing this is easier for me, then you start to put value on things being easier. It's kind of like, you know, when I talk, I have several podcasts where I go into it and I talk about it, you know, hiring someone to clean. And there was a time in my life where I literally could not imagine spending the money on that. Like I, I, I couldn't do it. And yet when I did get to the point where I was able to, okay, like I, as I've often said, I did this deslopification thing for seven years before I was, wasn't until my first book was like coming out the next month that I actually hired someone to clean in my house. But it was just like, oh, that's a lot of money to have somebody do that. And yet it was so worth the money to have that stuff be done consistently on a regular basis and me not have to do it. And it was like, oh, the time that it's saving, the function of knowing that every week I've got to have every single thing picked up or every other week, I've got to have every single thing picked up, you know, like that function, how that actually contributed to things made it go, oh, well, now I see the value in spending that money. Like it is helpful for me, even though it kind of makes life a little, I'm not going to say more difficult. It's a great thing, but it's like, oh, where normal life, I would have just waited and said, I'll clean next week because I got too much going on. I don't have time to make sure every single thing is picked up, which has gotten easier and easier and easier over the years. But instead it's like, no, 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 because I put the monetary value on this, having a monetary value on it makes me say, well, I have to do this because I'm spending the money. You know, I've committed to spend this money, whether or not I'm getting value of it or not. And I think I'm rambling now, but anyway, um, I'm going to stop there. So uh, I, I hope that makes sense. So like, how do you get to the point? What is the process of valuing space over stuff? Well, it's first prioritizing. It's first giving a, a definition to the room. It's prioritizing the function of the room, even if that's a small portion of the room, and then decluttering with that function in mind, going toward that function. If this is going to make it harder to achieve this function in this space, then it has to go. And 
the more that I do that and the more I experience that in a small space, then I start to say that function has value. And eventually that function has more value to me than the stuff that I used to see the dollar signs on. Okay. So for this question, the person who's asking, um, container concept, limit this stuff to a certain space, whether it's the, the basement or it's the garage. And as you do that, you know, this is not a, okay, then that solves my problem tomorrow. No, it's a process of doing that. As you start to say, no, the basement is the limit and I'm going to work in my visible spaces first. And I'm going to let, you know, anything that has, you know, leaked and bled or whatever crept into the other spaces in my home. That's actually something to be sold, which needs to go in the basement because that's the definition of that space. Then you start to let the value of the function of your home be a real actual variable in this equation. Y'all, when I was looking up the word function to say, oh, maybe the definition of the word function would be helpful here. It got into math, like there's functions and variables and stuff. Well, that probably applies here, right? But, But as you really embrace the reality of this space that you have and the container that you have, and you say, I'm not letting this stuff these variables end up in other equations where the end result needs to be living in this space and enjoying this space. Instead, as you go through that, it's going to make everything start to look a little bit different. It might motivate you to go ahead and get this thing out. Oh, wait, this thing over here, I had almost completely finished it. I just have to order the wheel for the leg of that piece of furniture. I don't know, y'all. But that's the one thing I have to do. Oh, okay. Well, if I will go ahead and order the wheel for that piece of furniture, I can list it right now or as soon as that wheel comes in tomorrow or something. And I then can have this out of there, which is going to allow me to have the space to put things, you know, so it's like it starts to really build upon itself. And then ultimately, if the basement is the place where you do the actual work, then it can't be packed full, right? Because the actual work of repainting furniture, which is something that it sounds like you're really, really good at, and you really, really enjoy that deserves space to be able to do that in a non frustrating environment, right to do that in a space where you just can really have the creative freedom, not weighed down by, oh my goodness, I'm cramped and I'm, I don't have the space in here. So there's huge value in you having room to do that. And that, that deserves space over space for all these possibilities for the future. Okay. I hope that was helpful. All right. I will, I will talk to you all next week. Okay. Bye.